Good morning. I pray everybody's doing well this morning. I've enjoyed Sunday school and look forward to hearing from God this morning through song and worship and then study of the word. We praise God to see some folks that hadn't been here for a while. We praise God that you're able to be here today. You bless our hearts anytime you can be. For all of our guests in the in the pew right in front of you, there's a little card. We'd ask you to fill that out. Uh, let us know that you're here. And uh, we would praise God if you would desire a, a visit and to learn more about Monday Baptist Church, you can write on that on that little grade, or I think it's, what color is that, Bill? That card. Grayish blue. If you can write and fill that out, we'll see that you get a, a contact and all. And we'd love to do that. We praise God for each and every one of our guests, and we thank our members for being so faithful and serving the Lord in each and every, each and every day with us. Uh, we've got... Uh, some guests that will be singing today. We've got uh, some that will be, Brother Tim will be singing in a little bit. And then you're going to be blessed in a very special way. As you all know, Paul and Barnabas and Timothy have walked a real long ways in the last four weeks. And they're tired. And besides that, Besides that, Timothy had a tremendous occasion in his life last week, and he needs to recuperate. So this morning, they're going to take the day off, and you're going to be blessed by having Brother George McBride come and share the word with you this morning. Now, I ask you, with all that is in your heart, you be praying for Brother George. He is... Uh, He's a great man of God. He loves the Lord, and he will share the scriptures with us through the leadership of God. So you be in prayer for him as he will come in a little bit and share the word. Is there any special request this morning? Anywhere? Well, I'm going to ask you to join with me in prayer then. Would you stand, please? Lord God, we just love you so much. We humble our hearts before you today, Father. And Lord, we just ask you to speak into each and every heart here. You minister to every need, every person that has a special, special need today. Minister to them. And Father, I thank you for those that will bless us through worship and praise and song. And then, Father, I lift Brother George to you especially today. Minister through him to us through the power of God the Holy Spirit. And we'll just give you praise for it. Now, Father, you bless, receive the glory, speak unto our hearts. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here you go, Brother Harold. Okay, good morning. Let's remain standing. Let us this morning lift the Lord up high and sing his praises. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord. 
Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross my debt to pay from the cross to the grave from the grave to the sky lord i lift your name on high lord i lift your name on high lord i love to sing your praises i'm so glad you're in my so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt to pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. May be seated. Lord, we lift your name on high. Your name is blessed. 206 in our hymn books. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The glory. My God and King, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus, the name that calms my fears. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Tis music in the sinner's ears. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He breaks the power of canceled sin. Blessed be the name of the Lord. His blood can make the pilots clean. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. I never shall forget that day. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When Jesus washed my sins away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name, 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, we have a couple guests with us this morning. You can come on up this time. This is Jerry and Danita, and this is Wilma, Wilma Cooper's son and daughter-in-law, Veronica's brother, sister-in-law, and they're going to sing a, sing a song for us this time. I believe Jerry wants his mother to come up here, too, to sing for her. I don't know if she's going to help sing, but tomorrow's her birthday. So, uh, <laughs> they're going to bring us something to eat special. better before they could hear me. <laughs> the song was called, Where Could I Go? Living below in the soulful world So, oh, tell me now, where could I go to the Lord? Where could I go? Oh, where could I go? See, 
Good old song. Hadn't heard that song in a long, long time. All right. Down to hymn books 254. 254. Holy, holy. Yes, sir. They're on the ball. I'm going to have the ladies sing the third verse and the men the fourth verse. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, and we lift our hearts before you as a token of our love. Holy, 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 gracious Father. Gracious Father, we're so blessed to be your children, blessed Grumper. And we lift our heads before you as a token of our love. Gracious Father, gracious. Let's stand, please. Ladies only. Precious Jesus. only the men holy spirit holy spirit come and fill our hearts anew holy spirit 
And we lift our voice before you as a token of our love. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, hallelujah, everybody, hallelujah, 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 and we lift our hearts before you as a token of our love, hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, let's prepare our hearts now for this morning's tithe and offering. And me and Tim Dagner are going to bring us a special. This time, let's sing this chorus, Awesome God. Let's have ushers come forward, too, at this time.
would care to feel my hurt? Who am I that the bright and morning star would choose to light the way from my ever-wandering heart? Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow. A wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor in the wind. Still you hear me when I'm calling. Lord, you catch me when I'm falling, and you told me who I am. I am yours. I am yours. Who am I that the eyes that see my sin would look on me with love and watch me rise again. Who am I that the voice that calmed the sea would call out through the rain, calm the storm in me? Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow. A wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor in the wind. Still you hear me when I'm calling. Lord, you catch me when I'm falling, and you've told me who I am. I am Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow. A wave tossed in the ocean. A vapor in the wind, still you hear me when I'm calling. Lord, you catch me when I'm falling, and you've told me who I am. I am yours. I am yours. I am yours.
heading back there to have children's church. Got folks going every which way. There, I can hear me. Bad when I can't hear myself. If God ever lays it on your heart that you feel like you need to be a part of working with those kiddos, I guarantee you they can always use your help <coughs> and uh, in working with them. So be sure and let Miss Tammy Davis know about it if you'd like to, like to help with children's church or, or help with children anyway. God has blessed so very much myself and you at Romney Baptist Church by having three wonderful, godly men retired from the ministry to serve with us. And I praise God. Sometimes it kind of makes me shake in my boots when I think about these gentlemen sitting out there listening. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that all three of them desire God's will in Romney Baptist Church and in your life just as I do. And I praise God for Terry and Bill. This morning, you're going to be blessed by one of the others, Brother George McBride. Come share the word, brother. All right. Thank you, Pastor. I told the pastor the only reason that he lets us preach is so that you will recognize how great a preacher he is. <laughs> Before I get started this morning, I'd like to uh, recognize some people that are well, very dear to me. And uh, one of them is Pat Barr, sitting out there. Uh, Pat Barr is uh, carrying a pretty heavy load physically uh, with his, I'm not talking of Alonzo. Uh, <laughs> I texted Pat yesterday, and I said, Pat, I pray for you daily. I pray for Wanda every other day. <laughs> Wanda and I, we kid back and forth, but thank you, brother, for being here. Pat's a, a great friend in the Lord, a uh, deep study man, and so quite grateful to have you here today, brother. Don and Monica Rome, uh, missionaries to Africa, uh, tries to kill me every time I go out on the farm. I either turn a tractor over in the creek or, or get a bull run over us or <laughs> over to Bogle's Ranch or something like that, and uh, uh, Abby can tell you a little bit about some veterinary work that she's done with him out there, uh, castorating bulls. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Don and Monica are the only missionaries to Tanzania with, from the Southern Baptist Association. It's such a hard place. Uh, David Livingston, I'm told by Don, wiped the dust off of his feet in Tanzania and he said they're too hard and he left. But Don and Monica didn't leave. They spent eight and a half years over there. Uh, I was blessed to be able to go over there with Don and another friend uh, and uh, 
what I saw with my eyes, I can't describe to you. Pastor, we need to have uh, we need to have Don come and speak to us sometime and make you people aware of Tanzania right now in Tanzania. If I'm not mistaken, Don, Monica, uh, those people are starving to death. It's the time of year over there when there's nothing to eat. So uh, uh, thank you all for being here. Don and Monica had to get up early this morning and feed cows in, in order to get here, and uh, thank you all for being here. Uh, Lori's, now that's not mom resurrected. <laughs> that's mom's sister, Marcelina. And uh, she is such a delight, heavy-duty Bible study lady. I'm telling you, this lady gets into the Word. Uh, we're s I'm so thankful that you're here this morning, Marcelina, uh, Mar Aunt Marcy. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I want you all to know, some of you all, sometimes we have people come into our church and we don't get popularly recognized. And uh, uh, Tim, for instance... Um, uh, Nathan, you all know Nathan, and his mom has been coming with him, and and Tim thought that he thought that was his girlfriend, and she looks young enough to be his girlfriend, but that's that's Nathan's mom, uh, Tiffany, and uh, praise the Lord uh, for y'all being here. And sitting over there next to them is uh, my daughter Abby, and uh, Abby, for a young lady is going to turn 21 on the 21st. Is that right, Abby? 21 on the 21st. She's an old soul. Uh, I was 50 when she was born, and uh, she's grown up with people asking her in school uh, about her grandpa. <laughs> so uh, a delightful person and a lovely lady. And I don't want to forget my wife. <laughs> what a support she is. Uh, she would give anything to people. She's got a deep, loving heart. Worked with Don this one day this week, went over to Arts, had to pull away from Don's and went over to Arts and worked at his farm. Get home, I'm hungry. Lori's fixing dinner. We have some tenants living in our little house. They didn't have any food. It's a man, or I mean a woman and her son who had had to flee in the middle of the night to get rid of an abusive situation. I get in, the smell of food was just, huh. And she said, George, if you don't mind, they don't have any food. So we carried food to them. We ate catfish johns. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's a great supporter of me and a great uh, spiritual advocate and a 
and a great support. I, I pray that I haven't missed somebody. This old mind now is getting kind of not as straight as it used to be. But I want to speak to you this morning on what I call the title of my message is the four C's of salvation. And I'm not talking about the seven C's of Alibaba. I'm talking about C, like the letter C, the four C's of salvation. They are this, and if you've got a pencil and paper, you might want to write them down. The first one is confrontation. You say, what's confrontation? You're going down the road. In my mind, I think Bill did this to me. In my mind, I can see that commercial of that little pig sliding down the hill on the sled, and you know what he was doing? Wee! <laughs> so we're going along life at 80 miles an hour in a 60-mile-an-hour zone, and what happens? A policeman stops us. He confronts us. <laughs> and he says, you know what? You've, uh, you're going too fast. Probably gives us a, a token ticket. And that's confrontation. I want you to know this morning that God is confronting you. The next one of the C's is conviction. Conviction. What is conviction? Conviction is uh, John Newton who wrote Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound Saved a Wretch Like Me. John Newton, I have a copy of this book, and it's old, ancient. And the title of that book intrigued me. It was Cardaphonia of the Heart. And this book describes the wooing of the Spirit in our hearts, the stirring of the Spirit in our hearts, the conviction that He gives us. It's unquenching until our heart gets too hard. The third C that I would like to talk about this morning is conversion. What is conversion? Born again, uh, we have a lot of terms for it, but conversion is that quickening of the Holy Spirit. That quickening. We're made alive. We were once dead, but we're made alive. The Bible says, you know you've passed from death unto life when you love the brethren. So that conversion, that moment when the Holy Spirit comes in and makes you alive. I just happened to think of something. I didn't recognize some people that are watching this online. Uh, my brother in Jacksonville, Florida, is, is watching. Hey, Boach. Uh, well, his name's Ronald Lee, but we call him Boach. Boach and Carol. And, uh, and also Sue Eaton. Sue Eaton is probably the best boss I ever had. Loretta, Bobby, they know Sue worked at Walmart for years and years and years. Uh, she's watching online. And Larry Ashley, you've been a very great inspiration to me. And I know that uh, uh, his wife was there this morning uh, live streaming this right to Larry. And uh, one of the most humble men that I know. God bless you for your help to me and my ministry, Larry. 
And then the other one is confession. Confession is uh, not confessing your sins, but confessing your Savior. Now, this is what's interesting, is that you see this all through the Bible here, the same pattern over and over and over again this morning. Bill almost preached my message in the Sunday school class about the thief on the cross. That is, a we see these four C's in that thief on the cross with Jesus. And that number two here, that conviction, Bill even talked about that this morning. We find it in Paul's Damascus Road experience. Think about that. Confrontation. What did he ever get a confrontation? Conviction. Was he ever convicted? A conversion. And then did he ever go out and confess Christ as his personal Savior? Oh, did he ever? <laughs> Hallelujah. We see it in Nicodemus in the middle of the night. We see it in the Gadarene demoniac, the confrontation, the conviction, the conversion, and the confession. Over and over and over in the Bible, we see this, and it's so powerful. If, if we see these things, it, it, it speaks to us. In a, in a great in a great way. One of my favorites that speaks of these four C's is found in John four, and I'd like for you to turn to John four this morning, if you will, and, and we'll read quite a bit of words here. And I'll try not to chase a rabbit in this, but I'll I'll point out a few things as we go. It says in chapter 4, verse 1, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed into Galilee. And I have verse 4 circled, And he must needs go through Samaria. Why in the world would he go through Samaria? Because Jews didn't mix with Samaritans. The divided kingdom had, uh, had the, the Jews and the Samaritans, the, these people of Samaria had, uh, had interrelations. The Jews kept their blood pure, but the, the, the Samaritans, and so they looked down upon them because of their, irra their, their, uh, their uh, irracial uh, relationships with these people. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was the sixth hour. This is something very interesting. If you go to that, that location, that well is still there. That well is 78 feet deep, and we're going to see why she says to him, you don't have anything, any string to, to let your bucket down in that well. So, uh, uh if you went there and you sat all the way around that, that well, you would have sat where our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was on this earth, sat. <laughs> I mean, that's powerful to me, just to think of that thought. But then we see it says, uh, and it was about the sixth hour. Their hours are a little different than ours, even though ours changed last night. It's 
it's high noon. It's high noon, which is hot. Hot. <laughs> and so uh, most women did their, their digging, getting their water in the morning when it was still cool. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. And then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew, who are you? You're a Jew? Ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So she had these things going against her. She was a Samaritan. We're going to see that she had been married many times. And we're going to see that she was a woman. And they, they were looked down upon in that, uh, in, in that day and age. They came to John and, uh, uh, If thou knewest, Jesus said to her, Now listen to this, the gift. We're going to talk about a little bit about that gift tonight. If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And that's the fourth C, that confession of your Savior. Springing up. You can't contain it. Uh, the woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to thee to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, You have said well. I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And he who, you, uh, who, who thou now hast is not thy husband. And that saidst thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when he shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know what? Not what? You know what the we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now in, is... When the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman said unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. And I know this had to rock her boat. Listen to these words. Jesus said unto her, that Messiah you're talking about, that's me. Wow. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this, 
came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet uh, no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pots, pot and went her way into the city and said unto the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. And meanwhile his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you don't know of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him something to eat? Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye there are yet four months, then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look to the fields, for they are already white to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto the life eternal. But both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye entered into their labors. Now listen to this. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of that woman, which testified, he told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And he said unto the woman, Now we believe, and, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves. You notice how this confession begins to draw fruit? And know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Wow. Let me pray. Our Father, I just pray that where your word is spoken, that it'll not come back void, that, Lord, it'll speak to hearts and lives and souls will be stirred, lives will be changed. And, Lord, I know that there's an adversary, the devil, that is trying to do everything he can to quelch your Holy Spirit today. I pray that, Lord, only you can bind him. And I pray that your word might go unadulterated into hearts and lives this morning. And may there be some who make a difference in their life today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, that's a great Bible story, isn't it? It could be the story of your life. Some of you might be going down the road 80 miles an hour in a 60 mile an hour zone. This woman was living her miserable life. You say, what? Miserable life? What do you mean a miserable life? She had a miserable life. She was ostracized by all the other women. That's why she would come at noon. So she wouldn't have to hear their wagging tongues talk about her adultery. But yet, Jesus was going to confront her. I must needs go through Samaria. Why do you think he went to Samaria? <laughs> because Jesus 
had a divine appointment with this woman. Already set in place years and years and years before. And I want you to know that every one of you, if you've not accepted Jesus, or if you feel like maybe I've had some, uh, some experience, but never have really truly felt good about the Holy Spirit living in you, Jesus, God is going to continue to confront you and confront you and confront you. And, and, and I want you to know something, my friends. He'll never stop confronting you. Now, I know it, it, we're right here at a transition. <laughs> Does God stop confronting you or does your heart just get so hard to hear that still, small voice in you? Lord, as a testimony, a woman who's been in church all of her life, she told me this last Sunday, I asked her permission this morning to, to say it. Been in church all of her life, and she come, and Brother Mac is preaching with power of the Holy Spirit, and it convicted her heart, and she was saved. Not just saved, gloriously saved. You just look at her face, and it just beams, and that's what you should see in someone. When they're truly saved, a change has been made in their life. Thank you for that. I'm going to go way back, and probably only two people in here will remember this. Steve Klein and Samantha Walker. Right about the third pew back, about where Tim is sitting right there, at Sunnyside Baptist, there used to be a man that would sit there. His name was Paul Trotter. Paul Trotter had a wife, Mary Trotter. And Paul was a head of deacons for years and years at Sunnyside Baptist Church. Up in their 80s. And one Sunday morning, Marie slipped out in the aisle with tears running down her face and came forward and gave her heart to Jesus. Oh, pride. Where's your pride? Where did it go? It, it was washed away with the tears of repentance. When you get to that point, my friends, you're almost there. <laughs> I don't subscribe to a lot of his teaching, but uh, this is one thing that... Uh, Pastor, you don't even have to know his name. He said the greatest need in our churches today is to know our greatest need. The greatest need in our churches today is to know our greatest need. Now that woman and that boy living in our little, little house, they think their greatest need is to find a place to live or, or, or to to have some money to buy some food or, 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 or all these things. But we're trying to teach them your greatest need is Jesus. I know it don't sound, it sounds like 
this is something that's not real or true, but it is more true than ever. And my friends, uh, God is going to confront you, and she's being confronted now. What is she going to do with it? God begins to confront you when you're a young child. I remember uh, as a young boy, our little dog died. You say, wait, God is, oh, our little pet brownie. My brother cried for days over old brownie. But he died. And you know what, my friends? That was a confrontation that God was teaching. One day, you're going to die. A lot of us in here have one foot in the grave and one on a banana peel. <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty real to us, isn't it? But in, in reality, listen to this, my friends. Uh, we, we try to... We, we, try to, we try to make this stuff about the physical world. I'll give you a little poem here that's about the justice in this world. There's no justice in this world outside of Christ. She said there's no justice in this here land. I got a divorce from my old man. I laughed and laughed at the judge's decision. He gave in to children and they wasn't hisn. You see, my friends, we're we're trying to we're trying to wrestle and reason with this. Did you notice how this woman uh, was trying to say, "Well, yeah, you're physical. This is a physical world. It's seventy-eight feet deep here. How are you going?" But Jesus was talking about spiritual things. Nicodemus, Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, what do you mean? How am I going to get back in my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus is speaking of spiritual things. And what I'm speaking to you about this morning is a spiritual change in your heart and your life. And God is going to confront you. And the old dog is going to die. Then maybe your grandparents, one of your grandparents passes away. I was about eight years old when my mom's dad passed away. It was a big deal. I'd never faced death before other than just free these little pigs that I, well, I'm not going to go there. Uh, and, 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 and old Brownie. But then Grandpa Stages passed away. So you see, God is confronting us, bringing us face to face with a reality of death. And now what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I told Don after going to Africa, I said, Don, this is the realization that I have. We live a mile and a half from that point of life and death. The people in Tanzania live on the edge of life and death. I wish, I wish bring you in this message by the Holy Spirit that He could help you to understand that you are on the precipice of life and death. Moses said, you are between these two mountains. This one is life and this is death. Choose life. I pray today that you'll choose life. 
conviction. Jesus was speaking of these spiritual things. She could only think of the physical things. I can relate to this in my life. There was a time when God confronted me. I was afraid, literally. I finally come to grips with the fact that maybe I had come in my life to a fork in the road. And I felt like, in my heart, my testimony may not be yours, but it might be. I knew in the depth of my heart that if I went this way, he would never, I'd never be able to hear him again. And I began to get concerned about that. I knew that if I went this way, that it would be life. This would be death. And so, I was under conviction. You know what I did? I did what any smart person would do. I started going to church. And I didn't just go to church. I read my Bible. I prayed. Oh, did I pray, Lord, save me. Every morning, I'd get through milking cows. I milked cows and I worked at Emerson. I'd get through milking cows. Somehow in my mind, there was an oak tree up on top of that hill, and I'd cross Otter Creek in my old rubber boots and run up on top of that hill and kneel down. I think I thought that's as high as I was going. If I could get as closer to God there than I was down in the valley. And I'd get on my face and I'd pray and I'd say, God, save me. I wasn't praying for any of you folks, I guarantee you. <laughs> I needed prayer, and I was praying, Lord, save me, every day. I'd get up, run down the hill, kick off my old boots, take a shower, get ready to go to work, come home that night, do the same thing the next day. I was under conviction. I was going to church. I was praying. I was giving to church. As a matter of fact, if I if I happened to have a few extra dollars because I took an old cow to the sale barn or something, I'd just write up, just sign my name on the back and put it in the plate. I was doing all the things that you would think I was a Christian. But I was under conviction. And some of you may be here. I want to give you a story very quickly. Don told me before I got up here this morning, what a great encouragement Don is to me. He said to me, he said, George, you can preach as long as you want this morning. We're leaving at 12, but you can <laughs> preach as long as you want. <laughs> so, uh, thanks, Don. <laughs> uh, there was a man, his name was Jacob. He had robbed his brother, with the help of his mom, of his birthright. So Jacob had the birthright, but one thing had to happen. His brother said, I will kill you for what you've done. And so Jacob had to go to Uncle Laban's house. On the way to Uncle Laban's house, he was wearied. He, he, if you read that story, his feet he, he were just, he was sluggish. He 
didn't want to leave. He was a mama's boy. He was the first time he'd ever been out from under his mom's skirt tail. And, and here he was in the middle of nowhere, and he, 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 he finally just weary and probably hungry and, and lays his head on a rock, and he sees this vision of Jacob's ladder. You know, all have heard that. And you notice that the angels were ascending and descending. And that's a brother Bill have to, or Terry will have to, or brother Pastor will have to tell you all about that. But he saw the vision of Jacob's ladder. And he got up the next morning and he anointed that stone that he had his head on because he just felt like that God was there. And he named that place, surely. This place is Bethel. Now the word Beth means house. El or Elohim, depending on whether it's singular or plural, is God. He had a relationship with in the house of God. And he anointed that place, Bethel, the house of God. Now, this is where I want you to start looking at yourself, my friend, because some of you have had a house of God experience. Maybe God has stirred your heart sometime in church. Maybe you've even walked down the aisle. Maybe you've even uh, been baptized. Maybe you've given your tithes and, and do all the things that you do, but somehow in your heart there's that little sting, that conviction. Now, Jacob went on to his uncle Laban's house. You remember he worked seven years for Rachel and got Leah. This is what's funny. Either Leah was partially blind. Her, her name means easy eyes. So she was either hard to look at or she was uh, partially blind. I don't know. But he worked seven years for Rachel, but he, got Leah. he was tricked by, by, his, by his uncle Laban. He worked another seven years, and by then he had already had problems with Uncle Laban's sons over the sheep. He was, he was, he was wiping Uncle Laban out and building his herd, and they, Uncle Laban run him off, basically. He gets halfway home, and he's... The report comes that his brother Esau is coming. He fears for his life. A great confrontation. He fears for his life. He's under conviction. And so he thinks to himself, I want to go back to that house of God experience. And he goes back there to that place. And he wrestles with an angel all night long. The angel said, which was probably the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, he said to the angel, bless me. And he said, tell me your name. You know why Jacob didn't want to tell him his name? Because his name was conniving, cheating, supplanting. Finally, he got to the point where he said, tell me your name. And he said, it's Jacob. And he said, you've answered correctly. From now on, your name shall be not a cheater, supplanter, but your name shall be Israel, and you shall be a father of a nation. That's why we call them the children of Israel. 
to this day, the Jews. Now, this is very interesting. He gets up and he anoints that place. And he says, surely, this is El Bethel. Do you know the translation? If Bethel is the house of God, then we're talking about the God of the house of God. You see the difference? So some of you have had a house of God relationship. You've had an experience like that, but you've never met the saving power of Jesus Christ in your heart and your life. And, and, and so your conviction is all in, in that, wrapped up in all of that. Then comes conversion. I told you about going up every morning after I got through milking and getting on my knees and praying. The conviction had got so strong in my heart and my life that I said that one morning, I said, God, I don't know what else I can do. I'm done. My life is a million pieces. Lori and I put together a piece of a puzzle the other day. Felt pretty good about man. What was it, a 300 piece or a 500 piece? Man, we did it. Why, Vaughn says, Hey, I like to put together puzzles. I've got some. You want one? You know what she did? She gave us a thousand piece puzzle. Lori started putting the church together. There's a beautiful scene, the church there and the trees and stuff. She started putting it all together. We started putting it all together. I started putting this rock wall together, and I don't know how. I had five holes in that wall, and the five pieces that I had to go in them holes wouldn't fit. But you see, that's what the problem is in your life. Maybe you've been trying to put all these pieces together and it can't be done. Only Jesus can put them together. I got on my knee. I said, Lord, I, I'm all yours. Well, if you want to pick up the put these pieces and put them together, Lord, I'm done. I'm not leaving here till I know that I'm saved. And it's just like God said to me. That's what I wanted all along. That's all I wanted all along. Well, the fourth C is confession. And I want to I want to end on this and very quickly I want to help you to understand something that's very important. Confession is not a command. Oh, I know some of you in your room. We may have to talk about this. Matthew 28. This is speaking to the Jews. It's not to the church. 2 Corinthians 5. He talks to the church and he says, Be a, an element 
of reconciliation. You see, what we're supposed to do in our hearts and our lives when we get saved is we're supposed to confess our sin. Say, hey, folks, listen, this is what Jesus can do. This is what he can do. You think it's hopeless, but he can do it. And, and so our confession is, uh, is being an element of reconciliation. You know what that is? Have any of you ever played kick the can? <laughs> yeah. You can't find anybody, and finally what you say is what? Ollie, ollie out, sin free. What does that mean? You don't have to. You can just come in for free. That's what we're to be. That's our confession. Jesus saved me. He can save you. Jesus changed my life. He can change your life. Uh, you say, I, I don't know if I can tell people about Jesus. I'm going to end with this story here. And I pray it will speak to your hearts. And I don't know, Don's still back there, so I guess it's not noon. Uh, this man was walking up this, this road, this old dirt road. And on the side of this dirt road was this water. It was just running, just 4-inch, 8-inch, 10-inch. The water was just running down the ditch. And he could see way up ahead up there a man, and he was pumping. And this guy said, man, that guy must be a hunk. There was water running down this ditch just like crazy. And he said, I, I've got to meet this guy. So he gets closer and he gets closer and he gets closer and he just is overwhelmed by this man's strength of pumping this water out of here. And when he gets up there, he finds that it's a stick man in an artesian well. You get the story. When you get saved, it's not you. It's not what you can say or how you can say it. Paul said it's by the foolishness of preaching that men get saved. And he gets up there, the water, you can't hold it down. You can't hold it down. It's not a command. There's not something behind us pushing us to do this. It's us drawn because we can't keep it down. As I said in the beginning, this, is, this could be your story. Is it? We're going to give an invitation this morning. Your pastor's going to stand here. Maybe there's someone here who has been convicted or is being convicted, who says, you know, I had a church experience, but I never had a born-again experience. As our singers, musicians come now, ask yourself this question. I, I, I think it's so powerful That when Jesus said, one of you, his apostles, one of you will betray me. And do you know what all the apostles said? 
It's him. It's him. You know what they said? Is it me? Lord, is it me? We should look at ourselves that way. Lord, is it me? Am I the one you're talking to? If I had a church experience, if I'd done all the things that we're supposed to do, and, and yet I don't feel saved, I don't feel like the Lord has given me new birth. If that's the case, and the Lord is drawing, and as our pastor tells you many, many times, you don't have to come forward. You can do it right there in your seat. You can do it like I did up on top of an old hill by an oak tree. But if you're aware of the fact that you need salvation fully free, it's there for you. Let me pray. Father, I just pray today that if there is someone here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, that Lord, today would be the day that you would tug upon their heartstrings. That you'd give them that, that, that sight into a tomorrow without you as their personal Savior. Oh, how horrible it would be. Lord, I can't even imagine the feeling that it would be to wake up in here. I just ask you, Lord, today, that if someone is in that situation, that, Lord, you would tug upon their heartstrings one more time and their heart wouldn't be so hard that they couldn't receive you as their personal Savior. You say there in the book of Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone uh, opens the door, I'll come in and sup with them and them with me. And Lord, I thank you for that verse because I use that in my own life and my heart. Lord, I want to welcome you into my heart and my life. Lord, as we give this invitation, may your Holy Spirit begin to speak and move. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I ask you to just stand with us, me please, Brother Harold. I surrender all. This is your opportunity to make your choice. God's convicting your heart. It's up to you to come unto him and let God speak to your heart. Would you come on?
apologize for going over a little bit, but brother, uh, I'm going to preach tonight uh, to a home crowd, people that are probably a little more mature than just uh, us, your normal crowd. We're going to talk about something that's very important, the gift. Brother George, would you, and uh, Ms. Laura, go back there. I want folks to be able to reach y'all for sure. Folks, we invite you to be back this evening, to be a part of what God has going on. Is there any special announcements we need to make at this time anywhere? Okay, the ladies for the luncheon, be sure and get signed up so they know how many how many is going to be there so they know how much food to get. Brother Tim, I'm sorry. Information about on the table. Brother Tim, thank you for your song, brother. Where'd they go? I can't say. There she is. Thank y'all so much for coming and sharing song with us this morning. May the Lord bless you. All right. The GBS, we are going to Lambert's Cafe at Ozark, Missouri. And it's in the announcements in the bulletin, but it didn't have a date in there. That is on the 21st, week after next, Tuesday the 21st. Okay, on the 21st. Keep trying. Any other words? Be sure and tell somebody God loves them, and you do too, will you? Will you get out of here today? Thank you, Brother George. Appreciate that word, brother. May the Lord bless you. Let's be dismissed. Father, we thank you and we praise your name that you bless in such a mighty way. Forgive us where we fail you. Lord God, I pray with all there is in my heart that you will touch lives, change lives, draw folks to you, and folks will respond and draw close to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.